0: Okay, there we go. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Nonfiction Thoughts, hosted by me, the luscious Luigi, and I'm joined by my
1: co-host. Hello, everyone. My name is Birdchild, and I am absolutely thrilled to be with you here right now.
0: I'm so glad to hear that. I'll tell you why that whole introduction felt really awkward.
1: I, I could see, honestly, why it looked really awkward. It was because I was
0: wearing headphones
1: oh you're not a big headphone guy no I,
0: I hate wearing the headphones while we record oh
1: because obviously that makes the mic stand not <laughs> go into place correct right well
0: other than that that's how it, it, works. it was i move the mic and then i was like i can't i hear anything mm. i can't hear anything at all and and that was why because of the ah, headphones
1: i see it's like blinders on a horse
0: yeah it was exactly <laughs> what like, it was like actually, wearing a actually, it was falcon like, oh. hood <laughs> Uh, I can. I know some people are thinking, "Why don't you have anything going through the headphones?" I had the volume turned down
1: on mm. the headphones as well mm.
0: because I don't wear. Them. So you,
1: so you just wore. You were wearing earmuffs, basically. <laughs> okay, yeah. that makes a little more sense.
0: The obligatory chair lowering, shall we?
1: Ooh, clean. That was that was a good one. Very short, Wait. very curt. Oh,
0: yeah, do I need another one?
1: He's still going. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah, it. there we go. That's it, it. it. Perfect.
0: It's iconic at this point. If we ever have merch, we have to have obligatory chair lowering.
1: <laughs> big, big operative if we have merch. I like that, though. That would, that would be the first thing to go on it, though. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: That and objectively. Oh, my God. Okay. I, <laughs> so in our, our, our studio right now, I'm sitting here with uh, four monitors surrounding me.
1: At least. No, that's five. There's one behind you. Well,
0: one of them's not doing anything. Okay. There are five monitors. And on my left, it's totally normal. Everything's normal. But on my right, (laughs) in about a one by one by one cube, there is just this strong smell of old person that just every time I lean over an inch to my (laughs) right, I get blasted.
1: It's just a curtain there.
0: I I don't know why it smells like that. You say one by
1: one by one. Is that a foot? Full cube. A, a, a cubic foot? Yes. Okay, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, when I was in Orgo, we learned oh. about, well, I learned. I knew about this molecule before Orgo, but we learned about uh, this molecule called naphthalene. And what okay. it is, is it's essentially two benzene rings uh, fused together, and uh, it's aromatic, of course. So All right. in, the, in the olden days, <clears throat> you described a molecule as being aromatic or non-aromatic based on its aromaticity, obviously, whether or not it smelled. And now, Mm -hmm. once we have modern science and we're much better at chemistry than we used to be, we understand that aromaticity is the criterion. It's a little more nuanced than that. Um, It involves the, you know, sort of free electrons and the relationships between the number of electrons and the number of carbon-carbon bonds, the rings, etc. But the point is, naphthalene is found a lot in mothballs and it is responsible for the smell of mothballs and therefore responsible for the smell you could say of old people so
0: i always wondered what to classify that smell as yes that it it. is
1: it is naphthalene yeah if if it smells like mothballs that's naphthalene and i i also there's <laughs> there's another breathy sort of smell but that one i don't think it's quite the same thing okay <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's different. That's not related to Orgo or I mean, not related to what I know about Orgo, but regardless oh. point is
0: it like shifted over
1: <laughs> you're, you're, you're struggling over there. Dude, I'm, I am, I I'm fine over here. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just built different. Why maybe does I... it
0: smell like naphthalene in here is what I want to know.
1: <sighs> yeah. But, uh, now you do know at least how to, how to classify it. Yeah. Two, two benzene rings. Actually, wait, Did you just on. draw two I'm, benzene rings? I'm drawing it out right now. And I just realized I did it wrong. Even though Orgo was only last semester, I had uh, some pentavalent carbons in my drawing, which is a big no-no. Absolutely not. I would have been shamed for that. But if you want to, if you want (laughs) to, there it is. Oh, never mind. (laughs) My my (laughs) iPad closed. Okay. I think, uh, I think that's maybe a sign to maybe shift on a little bit. Speaking of smells, the beautiful spring air smells fantastic. Yeah, I guess so. I love cold, crisp, fresh, clean air. That is one of that is one of my favorite things in the world.
0: I feel like you don't like the smell of cold, fresh, clean air. It's you the, like more the experience. feeling because you yeah. can't smell it at all because exactly. it's so cold.
1: You can't smell anything because there's nothing there to smell.
0: Yeah, it's or, like the or, water in our dining halls. It's so cold you can't actually taste it. <laughs> but when it warms up, it's like the worst water on the entire planet. I
1: I, I wouldn't say cold spring air. I'll say cool like. Like, it's, it's, it's winter, and those first tiny little trickles of spring, those first little hints, you're like, oh, oh, do I detect a hint of spring? <laughs> those, oh, it's so nice. I think made better by the sun, because you know me, I love the sun. I've garnered a new respect for the sun as well that I will uh, maybe talk about briefly in a, in a little bit, but everything, in my opinion... Very few things are made worse by the sun. Almost everything is made better by the sun, especially the day, the the, the sky, you know? Yeah. Like, you go outside, the cloud cover. This happened the other day. I, I say this because it's very topical. Very recently, I don't know, two days ago, walk outside, extremely thick cloud cover. So densely, thickly overcast, It it was like practically twilight. It was ridiculous. It was the middle of the day, sun at its zenith, and the clouds are so thick. It, it, like, it's, it's depressingly dark. But then the clouds part, the sun shines through. Oh, what a glorious feeling. Truly.
0: I can't say I disagree with you because we did have a sunny day the other day, and I was like, wow.
1: And today, I walk out, I walk. I just, I just came in, Sun on my face. Oh, can't beat it. Very nice. Really
0: can't beat it.
1: I'm pretty sure I've asked you this before, but do you know the movie Igor? Yeah. The animated yeah, one? I, I, yeah. I'm reminded of that, too. Whenever whenever the sun finally shines through after it's been, like, cloudy for a few days, I, oh, I'm always thinking of that
0: movie. I should watch that movie again. I don't think I've seen it since it came out.
1: You should, especially since it came out in, like, 2006 or eight or something no it
0: wasn't that early was it
1: it it was pretty old it's a pretty old movie dang you can tell by the (laughs) the animation but great movie yeah 2008
0: wow Mm -hmm. i was in kindergarten yeah i guess i'm dating myself (laughs) (laughs) not that that's really a big issue i think we've said how old we are before yeah i think so but um yeah so in terms of smells, right yes you ever smell a nice stew you want a nice stew, stew you walk into the house and yeah you have a nice like yeah, beef yeah, stew yeah. going, and it's like that wonderful warm beefy aroma
1: yeah nice umami
0: it smells wonderful and i i say this because at our dining hall we had beef stew mm. and i i got some and i had a taste and i was like it's like they dropped an extra bouillon cube in here <laughs> like it was just like
1: hyper concentrated
0: yeah that's what it felt like it was so like whoa
1: that's a lot that's
0: beefy that's a beefy soup (laughs) there there weren't really many chunks of beef in there but like you could it tasted like it i was like wow okay and then i I was talking with jorgen von strangle and i said you know jorgen how much cow do you think is a bullion cube of the the (laughs) flavor available in a cow right what percentage of that flavor is present in a bullion cube okay and now I, I wanted to hear your opinion as well. I thought I wanted to bring that up. Huh. How, that, how much concentrated cow is in, a, is in a boolean cube?
1: Okay, so how big is your boolean cube?
0: Well, the standard size, they're what, like quarter inch? Quarter inch? All around. All right. They're not that big.
1: Right. And then a cow, people underestimate the size of livestock. Yeah. Cows are massive organisms, especially beef cows. hmm Gigantic. Gigantic, like the size of a car. Like yeah. they are huge. Mm-hmm. So I would say not that much.
0: But it's it's so concentrated. It is very you know concentrated. I mean? like I, how much of the beef flavor from that cow is present in that beef cube? And how say, do we quantify this? This would, is like that chicken argument. Yeah, we yeah, had yeah.
1: The chicken and the turkey. Like
0: forever ago.
1: <laughs> I still, I, I still love turkey. I think the reason turkey, in my mind, has a quote better flavor is because it is so. It it's it's very one dimensional in its use case. And like it's mm-hmm. just, oh, it's Thanksgiving and it's always the gravy. Mm-hmm. So I associate the flavor of turkey with the flavor of turkey gravy, even though that's not necessarily true. However, chicken, because it is so multifaceted and you can use it in so many ways and you see it in so many different contexts, you you you're exposed to all the different ways it can be flavored. So you think, oh. It must, you know, it's not that flavorful. It's just all the context we see it in. But with right. Thanksgiving, you don't have that context. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you don't see all these different ways it can be presented. So you yeah, don't yeah. realize that it's so, you know, not quite as flavorful as people think. Valid anyway, point. I don't know. I'm going to have to, uh, if I may, Hit abstain. Hit me, dealer. If, if I may, I, I'm going to have to abstain. Okay, in New York. Come back. Come back in, uh, <laughs> with, with a refreshed... Uh, beefiness, and then we'll and do then, some research. Yeah, do some research. See if we can come up that. with an
0: answer. How much? <laughs> what percent of beef flavor is present in one bouillon cube? We
1: can ask. Maybe we can ask someone. This this uh, we have we, a very we esteemed ask? we have a very esteemed agricultural department. So I'm sure there are plenty of people who would be willing to answer these questions.
0: Would we go to them, or would we go to like the chemistry department?
1: Oh, almost certainly. Come on, if, you're, if you want to know something about a cow, would you ask someone in a white lab coat with a PhD or would you ask Farmer John?
0: Well, it depends on what I'm going to ask about the you,
1: cow. No, it does not. You would ask Farmer John 10 times out of I'm going to ask Farmer time, John, but Farmer John is going to tell me oh, you know, about
0: this much. Like He's going to yeah, tell and me like, gonna like gonna the not-twice-and-it-works answer. He's, he's gonna not going to give bang me
1: bang on 100% of the time. I want he the does scientific percentage of he it. He does not miss. Okay. What happened to, what happened to, you don't need to know the science behind something, you just need to know that it works?
0: I want to know the science behind it. I do I want to know what percentage of cow, what percentage of beef flavor Barmer from a cow John, is present in a bullion.
1: Farmer John understands it intuitively so much more, and so much more practically than you would get from the science. See, it's, this is so fascinating because- it's usually you on this side of the argument I know. and me on the opposite side, but now the tables have turned. Also, this, this, this was going to come up eventually, so I feel like bringing it up now. For circumstances that I will not get into because they are long and varied and goofy, uh, I had to late add a class. But I'm really, really happy because it's an incredible class. Incredible professor. Really, really wise awesome professor. Really fascinating, interesting, awesome class, and really great people in it. Uh, it's about energy. And right, uh, something we learned, we learned a lot in that class because again, incredible professor. We learned a lot in that class, but something I learned, something I kind of knew but never really intuited is that until the splitting of the atom, human understanding has always been eclipsed by human practice. That is to say, our technology has always predated our understanding of how that technology works, always.
0: I think that's valid, that makes sense. The
1: steam engine predates the laws of thermodynamics, right? Right. Fire predates chemistry, Mm -hmm. medicine predates germ theory. Yeah. Except for Einstein and the splitting of the atom and nuclear technology, our, our, our technology has always been more advanced than we know what, what it is, than we understand. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to point that out because of our discussion a few episodes ago about not needing to know how something works and just being able to do it. Because for pretty much all of human history, that has been the way it works. And especially yeah. now too with with AI, that's Definitely, obviously, the biggest example.
0: I don't know how it writes that essay. I told it to write. Uh, I just know how to. I know what to put in to get it to write my essay. Right,
1: but but even my point is even the people developing it, like they're just sort of the way it works is they sort of grow it. It's very organic in that way. Yeah. So they know how to grow this this large language model, but the internals are still very much a mystery. Right. And that's that's why a big there's a big push towards safety and interpretability is because. You know, usually if it's like, oh, building a cathedral, sure, we know how to do it. We don't know how it works, that's not really that big of an issue. Like, okay, whatever. It's that's pretty inert, right? That's very inert. Yeah. But with something as powerful as AI the way we see it today, not understanding how it works isn't so innocent, right? That's not that's that's a much bigger deal. Um anyway, all that's to say. Farmer John knows beef, and the scientists can say whatever they want. They can give you all the numbers they want, all the numbers you want, but Farmer John has the knowledge. He has the wisdom, right? It goes of back course, to that. He, I'm
0: not saying he doesn't. He, okay, I understand. Farmer John will tell me exactly how many Boolean cubes <laughs> to make my pot of soup look and smell and taste fantastic. Absolutely. Not saying he doesn't, but I don't want to know the exact percentage of Beef essence flavor is present in one bouillon cube as compared to one cow. Uh,
1: so, how that's concentrated say, is the cow? How much
0: is the bouillon cube from the cow?
1: What percent volume of cow? What percent mass of cow?
0: Well, we could say we could go volume,
1: mm-hmm. sure,
0: but I want to I measure the, the, uh, the molecule that is creating that okay. umami, that beefy flavor okay, and okay. smell. Okay. And I want to know what percent of that is present in a cow. And what percent of that is present in a bullion cube? And then we can compare or what how pro- much.
1: what proportion of yes. from cow is present. Okay, okay. Right. So of the delicious beefy proteins that make cow cow, taste like cow, make, yes. that make cow beef, right? Right. The difference between cattle and, and beef, you know? Mm. What, what amount of those proteins from a, from a cow total is present in a bullion
0: cube? Did we really just go from a joke comment about beef bouillon cube flavor to talking about the dangers of how AI <laughs> is is going to take over? How powerful it is, and how dangerous it is that we don't understand it? I all to go back to maybe, the discussion about beef bouillon cubes,
1: maybe, but more importantly, uh, I, I disagree. I think I think Farmer John he's got it. He's got it locked in. I think uh, his, his knock twice method, as you say. I like that. I'm gonna, I've never heard that before, but I really like that. He's got that's it. a
0: Jorgen von Strangelism. <laughs> okay, that and makes knock more twice sense. And if it sounds good, it's, it's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, knock twice. If it works, it works. Yep. No, he's got it.
0: That, that, that's the Farmer John in him.
1: Yeah. No, really. Jorgen <laughs> von Strangel is definitely, he's got a lot of Farmer John in his blood.
0: He worked at the uh, the local dairy farm that so. that
1: he did, I bet he would know
0: I asked him last night he wasn't able oh, to oh, that's me.
1: right, that's how this all started yeah, he doesn't oh, oops
0: he doesn't eat beef though, so oh that's i don't weird. know I don't think he would know.
1: I forgot about that yeah, I only eat beef with my burgers why Why do you laugh
0: <laughs> because he wants to be a vet. I asked him one time why he didn't eat beef, and he said, a doctor doesn't eat his patients Luigi." <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's that's really i like that that's really good that also reminds me of um the pulp fiction i just don't dig on swine that's all that classic classic dialogue
0: i've never seen pulp fiction oh
1: you're breaking my heart everyone should see pulp fiction
0: i guess i have something to watch this weekend there there are among other things
1: yeah there are a few movies that just like everyone needs to watch you know Mm -hmm. and candidly i think of that list of movies not that many of them are really that good. I mean, they're all good, yes. But if someone's like, oh, I saw that and I hated it, and they refer to like this, one of the, quote, untouchable movies of the Western canon, like, how could you not like that movie? It's the greatest movie of all time. Like, most of the time, I see what they're getting at. Like, for example, Pulp Fiction. If someone's like, "Right, yeah, I hated that movie, I'd be like, you know what? I'm not gonna fight you on that. I can see why you would hate it. Like it's 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 not a big deal.
0: All right, fair enough.
1: So Dude. all all that's to say, I guess, is a disclaimer. You might hate it.
0: <laughs> okay. I think I, I'll keep it in mind. I mean, I, think I didn't like really it. like The Godfather that much either. And see, that's like, again.
1: How could you not like The Godfather? It's the greatest movie of all time. Like you
0: know, like, like I get it. It's just not right. My
1: no, exactly. it wasn't my favorite movie to watch. That makes perfect sense.
0: I understand why it's good though.
1: Again. Yeah, that's so. that's all I need. The same way with uh, same way with a lot of music too. Mm-hmm. I know when you came in here, you were uh, you were sort of dissing the Stones a little bit.
0: I, I can't say I'm a Rolling Stones fan. No.
1: <laughs> and again, like sure, I will defend classic rock. I will defend the music of the British Invasion because I love it. But if Mick Jagger's not your cup of tea, then he's not your cup of tea. <laughs> he, he
0: really isn't. And Miss Luigi's mom uh, d- was not happy when I said that. She's a yeah. big Stones fan. Yeah. And- I was just like, I, I can't stand his voice. He just, <laughs> he just annoys me. You know, it's
1: funny. I was having a conversation with some of my musician friends, or musicianly men, if you will. Sure, sure. And uh, we were talking, <laughs> one of them made an offhanded comment. He was like, man, Bob Dylan would be so much worse if he could actually sing. <laughs> and I laughed very hard because that's a hilarious joke. Really, really funny joke. But it is just that it is a joke. Um. And this spawned lots of fruitful discussion, especially not just with the two of us, but then I reported it back to, reported it. <laughs> I, I told Ryan O'Kirk about it and we had a, a nice discussion about it as well. Um, but Bob Dylan, he's not a bad singer. He has, if you, if you listen to like, uh, there, there are some songs when you can, when it's really, really apparent, uh, he has phenomenal vocal control, right? Incredible command of his voice. Um, down the highway, if you listen to that, incre- uh, off freewheeling and Bob Dylan, just virtuosic control over, over his voice. However, that does not mean that it sounds good. <laughs> right? yeah. That's the joke. He knows what he's doing, and... He just, I don't know. I don't know. The, the other part, the, the part that makes him so much more difficult to talk about, like, you know, with Mick Jagger or, or someone else or, I don't know, like a, like a more popular music, a more mainstream musician, will say. Someone's like, oh, I just don't like his voice. I don't like his or her voice, whatever. Okay, fine. But what makes Bob Dylan a difficult person to talk about this with is that he's just so unique and he's so enigmatic. He's impossible to read. He's so, and he's also just very unique and, and just such a standout. Like he he has a Nobel Prize in literature because his songwriting is without question the greatest that there ever has been, right? Like you sure, can say sure. what you want about his harmonica playing abilities or his, his engineer's mixing abilities. Like the, the album, um, what is it? Nineteen seventy, I forget. I'll I'll give you the name in a second. But horribly mixed, right? I listened to it the other day, from start to finish. New Morning, New Mm -hmm. Morning is the name of the album. I listened to it start to finish. Incredible album. I loved every second of it. Really, really good. Horrible mixing. Terrible, (laughs) terrible mixing. Like you would listen to it and you'd be like, "Oh my god, how did this ever make it? How did this ever get released? Like this is this is so bad. This is mixed." horribly, and yet, sounds fantastic, because I don't know why, I don't know why, that's just who he is, but say what you will about his mixing, his harmonica, his guitar playing, I actually kind of like his, his tuning, again, um, what's it called, the one that I just reported off Free Will and Bob Dylan, down the highway, his guitar is horrendously out of tune. He plays it and you're like, oh, like, it just makes you, makes you pinch your, your shoulder into your ear like, boy, that is really out of tune. Despite all of that, if you look at the lyrics and the, the delivery of the lyrics there, you, you can argue that it is like as good, if not better than Shakespeare. Like, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. All of his songs read like a book. Like, there's a reason his songs are always like five or six minutes long because it's, it's an entire novel distilled, beef Bully on cube, if you will, <laughs> distilled into a song. It's, it's incredible. It's mind-blowing. But I don't know. He's, he's a weird guy also. He's also a very strange individual.
0: I've heard. I'm going to listen to it. It does sound interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge, like, classic rock guy, but mm. I respect it.
1: And, and again, you know, but before he went electric, folk rock, if you like folk rock, He's the god of folk rock. He's the king of folk rock, in my opinion. There are other kings of folk rock, and I'm sure people from below the Mason-Dixon line would say, "He's
0: not the king of folk rock." What are you <laughs> talking about?"
1: And they'd rattle off like 10 names that are objectively better folk musicians. But I think in, in mainstream, in the mainstream, certainly, uh, you know, the Greenwich Village flavor, not the Nashville flavor, but the Greenwich Village New York City flavor of folk rock. Bob Dylan is absolutely king, but no, for sure. Give it a listen. I love, uh, I've been, I've been kind of not upset, but a little, I've had a few gripes with Spotify. They always give me the same music, you know, like I put on, I put something on shuffle. I put on a radio, right? And it's like, okay, I love this song and you know, I love this song, but I've heard it like three times this week already. Like first time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Like, give me some something new.
0: Um, I think I may have figured out how to fix it. Really, at least do, temporarily. Tell. do um, tell. So the first thing I did, I went into my settings. Mm. I forget where, so I guess this really isn't that helpful. <laughs> I have to actually go through it again. But like, if you go back in into your settings, where it has like the the AI DJ, yeah, there is also a thing that allows you to automatically play music on spotify it's like turning this on allows spotify to automatically play music similar to what you like Mm -hmm. and i don't know the exact circumstances but i turn that off and since i've done that i've gotten less of the same things, even on in shuffling my playlist i've gotten less of the same like six types of songs okay okay so i think that might help but also Spotify's shuffle just isn't really <laughs> not super robust. Yeah, I think everybody's had that complaint for years yeah. about it.
1: At least it's not as bad as Pandora. Way back when, do you remember Pandora?
0: My dad used Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I remember. It. I never used it though.
1: Yeah, I heard that was a big. It's like it's almost like the radio. <laughs> yeah. Like there's some... like that's
0: what it's called, Pandora Radio. Yeah. Isn't that crazy.
1: There are some stations on the radio that I used to listen to as a kid, not, not by choice, but just sort of by circumstance. And I swear to God, they played like the same dozen songs every day. Like just, it was just a re it it wasn't even a radio station. It was just like, they had like two CDs full of songs and they just swapped them back and (laughs) forth. It was outrageous. It was outrageous. Some of the times I swear they played the same time, the same song, like twice in one car ride. It was inane it was absolutely horrible
0: and that's why i don't listen to radio anymore despite having (laughs) a show on it yes so i guess shoot me that seems a little dramatic just like all the spanish novels i've been reading lately ah i did this this story is absolutely ridiculous so we're reading this story (laughs) ha 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 that's crazy
1: sorry I, I had to that's 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 the Ryan kirk in me that's what he would have done in this I, yeah moment. i can tell you know you know <laughs> <laughs> hey can you move oh, when do you want me to stop moving
0: <laughs> anyway continue, so please. we're reading the story and basically this dude uh he's like he goes over to portugal but it's mm-hmm. still part of spain at the time the story is written and he goes and he like
1: uh i'm gonna need a timeline on this when is that
0: the uh, story was written sixteen or seventeen, sixteen hundred I think. Okay. Fifteen or sixteen. Around there. Okay. Anyway, he goes over to Portugal, Portugal, and he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna up the ladies real quick. <laughs> so he goes and he rises up the ladies, and then one night as he's going over, you know, in the dead of night, because he can't have can't be caught, obviously, because it's
1: Right. It's you
0: know, <laughs> Catholic Europe. <laughs> yeah and
1: Catholic Spain
0: in the olden days. Yeah. <laughs> So, he, and then he finds like a body buried in a storeroom. And oh. he's like, Oh my God, I, I'm cursed. I have to leave. And again, because it's <laughs> yeah. Catholic Spain. So, you know, the morning comes and he, he tells the, the church and all, and they bury the body properly. And he's like, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm out. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, ladies. I'm leaving. <laughs> we never hear about that again. Cool. So then he goes to a church and he sees these two sisters and he's basically like, hey, yo, they kind of fine, though.
1: Like sisters nuns or just they are related? Well,
0: like related. Okay, okay. He's like, oh, yo, they kind of fine, though. Uh-huh. And then uh, another dude walks in, and he's married to one of them, and finally he's like, well, yo, one of them's still single. He's like, <laughs> hey, yo, let's go. So he keeps trying to talk to this this uh, the single one. Mm-hmm. Her name is Florentina. Very classic. And he can't classic. find, like she's just not paying attention to him. Ooh. Nobody knows why until one night, he swings by their house, because you know, as you do in Spain. Right. In the 1500s, 1600s. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how you court the ladies. Right. And he finds her bleeding out in front of the house oh. with multiple stab wounds. Oh. Now, first time I read that, I was like, excuse me? Yeah. Did, did I just read that wrong? <laughs> <Mike?"> <laughs> so he like flips her over and he's like, oh my God, we gotta, we gotta save her. So they take her back to the house and they save her. Mm-hmm. And she wakes up and she goes, uh what happened? Mm-hmm. I need, I, you know, talk to the guy who saved me. And he's like, it was me. Yeah. She's like, oh, boy. you should go to the, go to the, the government huh. or something. I, th- this part's a little bit muddled. I, I'm reading it in Spanish.
1: So. Okay, okay.
0: Basically, he ends up going with uh, the police over to the house uh-huh. where they found her. And they go in, they storm in, and they're like, what happened here? And there's dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> like, everybody's dead.
1: Can I, can I have a prediction? Sure. Is he a werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> is he, does he like go into a trance and kill people and then wake up from his trance?
0: That would be a crazy twist. And if that is the twist, I would be sure. Oh, you
1: haven't finished it yet.
0: No, it's in three parts. We're on okay. part two three.
1: Okay. Okay. But
0: basically we start I'm getting, invested now. I'm very <laughs> invested. <laughs> we start to get the backstory about what went down. So apparently what happened was that uh, the the other sister who is dead now-
1: Yes. Oh, her name she was died from her wounds. No,
0: there oh, were two sisters, remember. One so of the, them was killed. The other one, Florentina, was, was found and okay, saved. Okay, okay, okay. And basically, Magdalena, the sister who's dead now, mm-hmm. meets this dude, Don Dionys. Dionysus is his name. And they fall in love and they get married.
1: I thought she was dead.
0: This is a flashback. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, okay. I had the same thing. Okay. I had the same thing going on. I was right. like, what is happening? <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> and then I figured it out, but we go into a flashback <laughs> okay, and they get okay. married and Florentina is like so happy for them. And over time, because Magdalena is so happy and, and Florentina is like still, the sisters are very close. She always talks to Dionysus. Okay. Eventually she falls for him. Oh. And she gets so sad and so Ooh. upset. And one night Dionysus finally goes over to her and he's like, Yo, what's wrong? Florentino, what's going on? Right. Are you okay? Like, is there not another man that, that you would love? Yeah. Is there no man? And she goes, oh, my heart, <laughs> it yearns for one man. And he goes, well, who is it? Let's find him. And she goes, oh, I can't. I'm talking to him. <laughs> he's like, yo? <laughs> oh? Yeah. And then they have an affair. Oh. For four years. Yikes. While the sister, knows, while Magdalena, the other sister, knows about it.
1: She knows about it.
0: She knows about it. Uh, and basically they swap places. Oh. It, it's so like stupid dramatic. It's like, it's good storytelling. Yeah, yeah. But it's so like, wow, really? You could, there was nobody else? You, know, you had to screw <laughs> over your sister like that? Come on. Yeah. You violated the bro code, you know? Huh. Like, so basically, we get to that point, and now we're like, well, what happened? And so she talks, Florentina, uh, after four years of a an affair mm. with her sister's husband, mm-hmm. that the sister knows about.
1: She's and the sister with is other, now dead.
0: Not yet. This Not is yet. still a flashback. This is still the oh, still God, flashback. Still a flashback. Okay. She's talking to this older lady, and she explains what's going on. The older lady's like, well, dude, you have to kill Magdalena. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way anybody gets out of this. Yeah. So like, you have to be happy. So she has to die.
1: Wow. Like, okay.
0: That's Wow. Intense. All right. And it was a uh, commonplace. and big dramatic idea was that if your wife were to have an affair or to sleep with somebody else, mm-hmm. not only does she lose her honor, so does the husband because it's the husband's responsibility to, you know, control the woman, oh. control the, the wife, essentially. And so the woman's like, well, if you want to make this the perfect crime. This is the wise old woman. The wise quotes old woman. I think quotes. she's just like a neighbor okay, that okay. she's talking to. And wise she's man. like, do you want to make this the perfect crime, what you do is uh, send Dionys out one night and then you uh, plant the seed of suspicion that he's having an affair or Magdalena is having an affair with one of the servants. Mm. And then when he goes out one night, you send the servant into the other room, more or less. This is the idea. Mm hmm. And when he comes back, he'll see it. And to preserve his honor, he will kill Magdalena for you. Nobody is guilty. Everybody has their honor and you get the Hmm. And that's, that's kind of where we've, where we're stopped. Presumably okay. the flashback is almost over, but now we have to see what actually happened in the house. <laughs> almost. That <over>. killed everybody.
1: <laughs> I see. Okay. Huh. I'm still banking on the wearable. I like, You've, you've eroded my confidence in the werewolf theory, but I'm still, I'm clinging on to hope. The only- This sounds like it's a lot more whodunit mystery and much less, ooh, it's the devil. He's a werewolf, right? But still. Yeah.
0: It's definitely the most interesting story that we've read so far. The only other thing that I can see it be besides, you know, Magdalena's, or uh, Florentina's plan just going horribly wrong. Mm-hmm is that Satan himself makes an appearance and screws things up. Hmm. Which has happened in the prior stories, so there's a precedent for it.
1: <laughs> Not out of the question <laughs> It isn't. yet. It
0: has happened. Satan literally came out and made a deal with one of the characters in a previous story. Wow. Which was actually pretty cool. I bet. that uh, you know, Quite a celebrity. And it ended <laughs> actually kind of happy, but still weird.
1: That's surprising.
0: Yeah, Normally that I one would, was also weird. Similar I, setup almost.
1: Huh. So similar setup. That's a
0: I guess now I I'll tell this one too. Yeah. This one's <laughs> this one's significantly shorter and less complex. But okay, basically, um, I forget their names now, but there's two brothers and two sisters. Mm-hmm. And one of the brothers marries brother A marries woman A, mm-hmm. sister A. So they're they're happily married. Right. Brother B likes sister B. Sister B likes brother A.
1: Okay. So you get
0: the love triangle going. Right, right. And sister B wants brother A in the worst way. So she's like, "Okay. I'm going to do exactly that." And so she does the same thing and basically um uh sister B says that brother B and sister A uh, were having an affair.
1: Wow, this is shockingly similar. Yeah, a little bit. That's
0: weird. What is when was this written? Same time. It's the same author. It's the same set of stories. It's kind of like Canterbury Tales.
1: Okay. Yeah. So this guy clearly just has a pension. It was a woman, actually. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Uh, Maria de Zayas. Okay. For anybody who actually has read these, and I'm horribly like misconstruing yeah. <laughs> these, I, I'm going to feel real, real embarrassed if I screw this up. But basically, the brother, the first brother is Federico, and the other one is
1: I not, can't remember the name. Not Federico.
0: Basically, brother A and brother B go out on a trip together and brother a is like you slept with my wife now i'm going to kill you and he kills him oh (laughs) so and then we never hear about the brother again the brother that's dead and then brother a goes out and he travels europe because he just murdered his brother right and in the meantime uh sister b grows sick and sister a gets remarried to another dude and basically eventually brother a comes back and he's like Sister, hey, I love you with all of my heart. How can I make you mine once more? And mm-hmm. she's like, dude, no, I'm married. You, yeah. you just left. I didn't even know where you were. <laughs> in in the, the, most, the most sense and gall that anybody has in this story. Yeah. Just be honest. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but please. And she goes, all right. Yeah, if you can build like a garden bigger than the gardens in Babylon, like sure. Mm. Then, then, you know, that'll happen. Oh, and he goes, I see where this is going. Okay. And then she says, "But if you don't, you have to marry my sister." Oh. And he's like, "But that's, I don't want to."
1: That's a weird stipulation. To yeah, add. I know it was really weird. <laughs> I
0: think the sister was sick and dying because she had nobody to love.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. That makes yeah. more
0: sense. Uh or she was, you know, sick Still. because she was wanting to love the, the brother so much and sickness I digress. Anyway. Right, right. Basically, uh Satan comes out as he's as brother a is in the absolute wallows and he's like what am i gonna do and satan's like if you sell me your soul i'll help you build it and he goes (laughs) all right i'll do it so he sells him his soul and he builds the beautiful garden and everybody wakes up the next morning and the new husband sees the garden he's like wow who did this this is amazing uh oh and sister a wakes up and she looks out and she goes oh my god (laughs) 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 and she's like my husband, you must kill me. <laughs> this is the only way for us to preserve her honor. Wow. And he goes, what happened? She goes, I told my, my ex that I would marry him <laughs> if he built this garden, and he built the garden, and he's like, no, I must kill myself. <laughs> so he goes, about to kill himself. And Brother A comes in, and he goes, no, you cannot. You mustn't. You mustn't. For I have, I have failed. I have done poorly. I have made a deal with the devil and tried to... <laughs> trespass on what is no longer my own wow 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 that's incredible
1: for yeah i was that time
0: yeah. this is my second favorite story next to the one we're reading okay and satan comes out and he goes ah, i don't want somebody who does who still wants something and he takes the contract for the soul and he throws it away wow and satan just pieces out and then the brother's like brother a is like yeah i guess sister b isn't that bad i guess i'll marry her that is a happy ending huh. other than the, the sister. You know, Sister B just kind of yeah, like taking the consolation prize. Just, it was actually like pretty good.
1: Yeah, she definitely got the shortest end of all of the sticks. I don't know she did, kind of cause the whole thing. Okay, so. uh, you know what? You're very right. You're, that's actually a really good point. Maybe that is. I think that's probably the takeaway. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, yeah. Just don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story: Don't do that. <laughs> Please just, just don't, don't, don't tell do that. a lie
0: that gets your your brother in law. And your husband killed
1: yeah that so. would
0: be a little rough
1: or you're yeah anyway
0: interesting stories they were kind of whack very so incredibly indeed. dramatic but huh. lots that of fun that sounds
1: really enjoyable are there uh how how popular are these in in the west and or well in the english-speaking world and in Spain or
0: I have secret. never heard of these in the English-speaking world. Okay, but they, I, as far as I know, from the way they were described, they are pretty important to the Spanish literary canon. Okay, at least in as far as feminist writers go. Okay, because it was a woman writing, right?
1: And in the back then 16th century, long time ago. Yeah, so extremely so, impressive. I'm not more.
0: entirely sure, hmm. but it's um, Maria de Zayas and the Engaños y Desengaños Amorosos. It is really hard to switch to Spanish and then also speak English at the same time. Hmm. You ever hear like bilingual people describe them as opening a drawer and when one drawer is open, the other drawer is closed. <laughs> I've never no.
1: heard that before in my okay. life,
0: but I, I, I have. Now. I have, and that's kind of what it feels like. I'm not like totally fluent yet. Right. But when I start saying something in Spanish, and I know how to say it in Spanish, right? It's like hard to switch. Right, right, right. That big. makes
1: sense. I've seen. Uh... I saw one time, it was a press conference. I forget if it was politics or sports or whatever, but regardless, it was a press conference, and this guy was delivering a speech, uh, and not, you know, on a podium or anything. It was very casual. He was just sitting down, microphone, and he starts talking, and eventually someone taps him. He's, it, the whole thing is, I forget, in English, in Spanish. Regardless, someone taps him on the shoulder. And he's speaking the wrong language, and he's like, oh, sorry, I just, <laughs> I, I don't know, I just forgot, I guess. Like, they asked him it in English or whatever, or they asked him it in Spanish. and he's, I think
0: I know what you're talking about. And, like, he about. starts
1: speaking German, and he's like, sorry, I, I, I don't know why I did that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, that's an, a very impressive level of mastery. Such over, a subtle flex. Yeah, over so many languages. Another funny thing is uh, there's this director, Werner Herzog. He's obviously German or Austrian or something, uh, Swiss maybe. He's a famous old director. He, uh, he did um some you know n- not not something that most people would would remember. Uh, Fitzcarraldo, if you ever heard of that, it's that's probably the his most have. famous one. It's about this guy who uses uh you know the first peoples of the Amazon to help him drag a uh, steamboat over a mountain or whatever. Really weird movie. Good movie huh. though. But he's he's an eccentric guy, obviously. He's kind of weird. And uh <laughs> he I saw an interview with him and cuz he, so he's a, he's very European, right? And someone goes, "How many languages do you speak?" And very European answer. He goes, "Oh, not many." Uh, right? Yeah, not many. <laughs> I speak English, German, Spanish, Italian, some Russian, and French. So first of all, hilarious. Not many, he considers that. Very, very European answer. But there's a little more, there was a little more to it. He goes, uh, (laughs) he says, I understand, I understand French, but of course I refuse to speak it. (laughs) And first of all, hilarious, because us especially in the States, we love to make fun of the French. We love to make fun of the English because it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I love making fun of French people. Just just in, in, in good fun, just for the jokes. In jest. In jest, totally in jest. And evidently other Europeans do as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he goes, uh, the only time I've ever spoken French is with a gun to my head. And you think, oh, that's a funny, you know, that's a classic hyperbole, Right. Oh, the only time I would ever do this is with a gun to my head. Classic line of, right? Yeah, yeah. Of exaggeration, and then he goes into the story where he was being mugged, or he was being robbed, or something, or he was in an area of conflict, and there were militants who were threatening to kill him, and they only spoke French. Or no, I think he was in Africa. I think he was in. Former French occupied Africa, and he was being attacked or something. And he tried to explain himself and explain that he was, you know, just making a movie or whatever, whatever the case might have been. Right. And they couldn't understand him and they were going to, you know, rob and kill him or whatever. And so he had to speak French to explain (laughs) himself. And so he literally, the only time he spoke French was genuinely with a gun to his head. And I just think that is absolutely hilarious. I think they were accusing him of being a spy. That's that's what it was. I'm pretty sure they were accusing him of being a spy, and he had to speak French to explain himself. But uh, really, and, and to prove that you know he, he whatever. But I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> I like really to think he tried story.
0: speaking every language yeah, before <laughs> he French. Just, he just cycled through them, and there's like, come on, ah. not not Italian, no Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> come on, German, give me something here. <laughs> I
1: just, oh yeah, but that that is really funny. I, I like that a lot. Anyway, oh, all that's to say, bilinguality. Is that a word? Sure, why not? Bilinguality. It is now.
0: It's not about whether or not it's in the dictionary. It's, it's about, about whether it or not you sense. understand
1: it. Exactly. And I think most people understand that. Yeah. Um, is it's very fascinating. Very really. cool.
0: Very interesting processes go on in the brain. Fingers, very, very and things like that.
1: Very fascinating. The linguistic portion of our brain is always fascinating. Every portion of mm-hmm. our brain is fascinating. Very, 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 very cool.
0: And we don't even know how it all works.
1: Most people don't. <laughs>
0: Pretty sure uh, nobody, nobody knows how it
1: all works. No, it's some people, very few, very intelligent people have better ideas about how some parts of the brain work than most people, but nobody knows how it all works. No. And I doubt we ever will, which I- is really cool.
0: Is it possible for the brain to understand how it functions itself?
1: That's a great question. I don't know. We don't know. We're not psychologists.
0: My guess is probably not.
1: I think you're probably right. I, I think it would
0: I don't, be it would be pretty meta if we could figure out how we how our brains operate. Yeah. I, I don't just, know. I feel like that would mean some crazy things could happen.
1: I just think the mysteries of consciousness are far too great to be solved. Certainly in our lifetime. But
0: probably not, which is unfortunate.
1: It but, is unfortunate. But you know what? I think I'm I think I'm okay with
0: that. <laughs> No part of you really wants to know.
1: I like. mean, of course it does, but I don't know. I, ju- I just don't think we're meant to know. Yeah, maybe not. And I think that's as satisfying. To me, that is just as much closure as how it works, is you're just not meant to know. That's fair. And it's only with that, though, really. Most other mysteries, I'm like, come on. That's not enough. That's not good me. enough.
0: That's not good enough. But with that,
1: I don't know. Maybe. I'm willing to make an exception.
0: Fair enough. That is complex.
1: There was uh, something else. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: I, I was going to just say I've also been thinking a lot about like how we form relationships mm. and kind of how that goes into writing. How do you mean? Like when you're when you're writing a story, when you're writing characters, you're creating like a snapshot of a person. Yes. And if you write like a really good character that people love and relate to, it's like, well, what part of that character do you love and relate to? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're creating a person in a sense that right. appeals to other people and you're creating a relationship between the viewer of the whatever oh, content it is wow. and the character that you created right almost like a parasocial relationship but not quite because they're not real people yeah. <laughs> right so like I don't know I was just thinking that like, is okay, how, so if we think about that like how do you what makes a character I- intrinsically unlikable what makes a character's impact on the story real versus not and like how long does it take for you to endear a character to yeah. an audience what do you have to do to make that work mm-hmm. and then i started thinking more like specific like okay why do certain character deaths not hit yeah and it's usually because we don't care about the characters but why don't we care right and is it possible to kill a character and then flesh them out through like flashbacks or, or the the impact it has on other characters oh, for you wow. to care about that character that is already dead
1: I like that. That's a, great, that's a great experiment. That's a great thought experiment.
0: And now I'm thinking through it. Like, can you care about a character that you have no attachment to that dies at the beginning of the story and then gets fleshed out via flashbacks hmm. throughout the rest of it?
1: Have you seen uh, The Bear? The, the Bear? The Bear on mm-hmm. Hulu? No, I it's don't a think so. TV show. No,
0: never, I nah, never heard of it. Plays with a similar ish
1: sort of concept. Great, great series, first of all. Really, okay. really good show. Within the first episode, actually, the first episode, the first episode is in many ways, I saw an interesting analysis of it. In many ways, the perfect first episode, right? Okay. Is be- it, and, it, and that's because a lot of times, pilots of TV shows, they, you know, you have to, you have to, provide some sort of foundation you have to provide exposition like what's going on but the bear doesn't really make an attempt to do that its pilot feels like it's in the middle of the show okay and it's a unique flavor and i like it a lot and i i I hesitate because usually i would say oh this isn't really a spoiler because it happens in the first episode but with the bear it's a little different because that's sort of the point is gotcha it's still a spoiler even if it happens in the first episode because the first episode feels like it's way past the first episode does that make sense
0: yeah i think so like it,
1: it even though it's technically episode 1 it season 1 it feels like you know season 2 episode 8 or whatever like it feels okay. much further so that that for that reason the information that happens in that episode it feels more like a spoiler than it would be.
0: Okay. Does that make sense? Is the whole show a flashback? No, 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 okay, no. Okay, so it's not um, like that. It's just... But
1: there is, there is someone who... Th- my point is there's someone we never meet who is dead at, at the beginning of the show. Okay. This person is dead. That's, that's all I'll say. Okay. Um,
0: now I'm, I'm curious. Now, I'll, t- I- I'll,
1: I'll tell you later, but for those... I don't want to involuntarily subject those who want to watch it to potential spoilers. Fair enough. But good show. Check it out.
0: I'm really curious if it, if this is my my quandary if it explores that yeah. I want to I want to kind of pick apart why that works but I, I really
1: I really do like your ideas I saw something hilarious I don't have Twitter thank God or sorry platform formerly known as Twitter X X but I understand that there's a lot of for lack of a better term brain rot that goes on and yeah you take a look at some some tweets of some people and you're like wow that's a miracle that you even exist. Like, <laughs> please let this sentiment be completely ironic. And it usually isn't. It's usually genuine, which is perhaps more scary. But something funny I saw secondhand um, was something about how scenes, intimate scenes in movies or books are immoral because the characters can't consent to our viewing them. And what? The, the response was like, hey, that'd be a great argument if these were actually real people.
0: <laughs> but it's like that argument people had about Loki marrying himself. Yeah. Spoiler alert for a two year old show.
1: But again, you, uh, you, you you made me think of that when you were like, oh, yeah, it's like a parasocial relationship, except not because these aren't actually real people. <laughs> but that's a fascinating thought experiment is, OK, well, they're not a real person, so to speak. But yeah. We can still be attached to them. Very, very strange.
0: It very is. strange.
1: Harry Potter.
0: Famous characters, right?
1: Yeah. It's just anyone. That's I like that a lot. That's Any character
0: that means a lot to you, it's like that's not a real person. That's just a bunch of words. Yeah, it's or, not uh, a real. It's an. Act. You know, on a page. It's fake, and yeah, you know it's, it's, it's fake.
1: You know it's not real. That's the. That's perhaps the strangest part. It's not like the Truman Show. Yeah. Which is another. That's a whole have you seen I, the Truman Show? No, I
0: want to watch it. Oh I, my I God. know that I'm familiar with the concept.
1: It's one but. of the greatest movies. It phenomenal ending, one of the best movie endings of all time. In my opinion. Objectively, right. in my opinion. The Truman Show is such subtle, subversive horror. It's such a chipper. Oh, Jim Carrey. I love Jim Carrey. He's so goofy, so funny, incredible actor, terrifying movie. Yeah, all below I'm the sure. surface. All beneath the surface. You gotta read between the lines for it. But great, 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 great movie. And in it, there's a quote. It's like, sure, there may be actors, there may be, I'm paraphrasing, there may be actors, there may be scripts, but there's nothing fake about Truman, right? Everything about him is real. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a fascinating, fascinating thought experiment. Hmm. Is uh, actors, like, you know they're fake, you know they're putting on a character, but you you still get attached to the character. And like, I feel like that's something that is so common and we don't really acknowledge it, you know? Not really, no. Like, oh, I love this character. I love whomever. You're like, you know, they're not real. It's like, obviously, I know they're not real. Really? Is it that? Is it that obvious? Because your behavior says otherwise. Right? <laughs> and, you know, I'm not, this isn't, like, accusing anyone. Like, right. obviously, I experience the same thing. Yeah. Everyone does, I, I assume, but myself certainly.
0: I, I think maybe if you have I feel a little bad for you. Maybe if you've feel like never read th- a book or seen a movie ever. <laughs> if you've lived in a cave your whole life, maybe yeah. not.
1: <laughs> if you've never been told a story ever.
0: <laughs>
1: That's tough. <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
0: I, I think at the end of the day, though, those characters get you through hard times and they make you strive. Sometimes they become your heroes hmm. and make you strive to be better because they're idealized Versions of people that aren't muddied and uh, limited by the fact that they are humans. Yeah.
1: And they exist.
0: But I think it's I like a beautiful that. thing in a way. That is. We strive to be perfect, yet it is impossible.
1: That it is. Impossible.
0: And I think with that, with we'll the to end today's episode, Rather philosophical note, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm.
1: We'll get back to you on the beef
0: bullying, though. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. We really appreciate it. Very
1: much so. Every time.
0: Be sure to follow us on the Instagram at Thoughts underscore podcast. We have updates there. I put a lot of work into little teasers for episodes that are going up as well. Have a happy, healthy rest of your day.
1: Make it as good as you can make it.
0: Toodles.